ever wondered how taboo, shame, and lack of good sexual education have stripped away elements of pleasure in childbirth and parenting that are essential to loving, intimate relationships? Join me for another episode of Orgasmic Birth Podcast, Pleasure in Pregnancy, Birth, and Parenting, as we break down and heal barriers and open the door to more love and intimacy in birth and life. What do you think of when you think of a breached birth? A breech presentation occurs when the fetus's buttocks, feet, or both are in place to come out first during birth. And this happens at about 3 to 4% of full-term births, and not all are detected ahead of time, as you will hear from my guest today, as she's joining us to share her peaceful and empowering breech home birth. Hi, I'm Deborah Pascali Bonaro, founder and director of Orgasmic Birth and host of the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. My guest today, Lisa, and I should have asked you how to say your name, Strodak, I hope, is a mom of two wild boys, four and six, both born peacefully at home in the New Zealand where she met her husband. They have since moved back to their home country of Germany, and last year she finished her doula and prenatal yoga instructor training and is excited about supporting women on their way through childbirth and beyond. She also offers a workshop that I love the name called Talk to Your Pussy, where she creates a safe space for women to connect deeper to their vulva. She's part of the organizing team for a woman's festival, and I'll let you talk about that one, which takes place just outside of Munich in a beautiful landscape. She loves being surrounded by other women, coming together in circles, sharing, laughing, and just having a great time with one another. She's a lover of art and creating art, music, and delicious food. So, oh my goodness, Lisa, it is such an honor to welcome you having read your birth story and just having tears. I can't wait to have you share about it as I know you're going to touch so many of our listeners. Oh, thank you so much, Deborah. It's so exciting and it's such an honor being here with you today. And I apologize on your name. How do you pronounce your last name? It was perfect. You did it really well. Lisa Straw being and Dach being the roof. So that's where it actually comes from. That's beautiful. And what's the name of the festival that you do every year? That is the Frauenrausch Festival. So meaning like Rausch being in, you know, this exotic excited state and it's like a women women excitement happening oh i have to put that on my schedule i'm sure other people too that want to travel to germany and i have to share with you and everyone that i recently just came back from europe and i attended the figo world obgyn congress and my favorite session there was a doctor from Germany, Dr. Frank Lowen, and he was teaching all about breach birth called Teach the Breach. So after sitting in his session and hearing his passion for breach being just another variation of normal, I've been really excited to hear about your journey. So can you kind of start us off a little bit about your pregnancy, your planning for your birth? Of course, yeah. 
So it's like you already mentioned, we lived in New Zealand at a time where I have met my husband and it was quite, it happened quite quickly for us that we felt this connection and this longing of starting this journey of having a family together. And then we kind of waited for about a year to really make sure that this is what we wanted. We really wanted to have this very intentional and so it happened that I knew my cycle quite well. I was in a lot of women's circles at the time already. And so we went to this amazing festival. You hear it. I love being, you know, in gatherings at the Takaka Hill, which is like this amazing landscape in New Zealand. It's up at a hill and you're surrounded by this beautiful, lush nature. And it happened that it linked up with my cycle. And I knew this. So for me, it was this wonderful magic that I actually ended up being becoming pregnant on this festival. And we gathered through the market and found this amber necklace, which is kind of like it had this green stone attached to it. And I remember that this was the moment when I actually felt, wow, this is going to be the start of us being a family. So then when I did become pregnant, it was clear for me that I wanted to have a natural birth. And throughout those gatherings, I've met women who were sharing with me the peacefulness and the amazing transformation they had during their births. And it happened that many of them were in a home birth setting, which was completely new for me. I've never heard of that before, actually, but it just made sense for me because, you know, treating it like becoming pregnant already as this this really magical, magical experience. I wanted it to then also starting the family and having the birth being the same, the same way. And so for me, it was clear I wanted a home birth and reached out for a home birth midwife, which I found straight away. It was really, really easy for me to connect up with a midwife-based Kia. And it was beautiful. I just got to know my midwife and the whole team. They were, I think, four four midwives at the time and I felt safe I felt held and heard I could ask the questions that I wanted and got really guided through pregnancy so beautifully yeah I did lots of pregnancy yoga I've been doing yoga my whole life already and so you know that was definitely one thing that helped me so much to tune into my body and connect with my body and Something I haven't shared much yet sort of in public, but it just fits with the podcast so well. And I just realized now that I had this longing of self-pleasure in pregnancy at late on, like just at the very last few weeks, like a longing for it. And looking back now, I just really know that this helped me to get through the birth, to really connect up with my body. And that was beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. And thank you for sharing because this is the right place to share, right? I mean, self-pleasure is so valuable and especially building up to birth, right? Getting you really ready and into your body, into your hormones. And I also have to say being in New Zealand, right? Home birth, when you said it was easy, and I know for listeners, it's not always easy all over the world to find a home birth midwife, but New Zealand does have such a strong tradition of midwifery, right? And home birth options are really available. So that was, it all lined up, right? And 
Did you do other preparation for your birth? Were there other classes or things you were doing to prepare? Absolutely. I was an absolute birth nerd at the time. I kind of tried and gulped up all of the information that I could get. I think I read every single book of Ina May Gaskin and I watched every movie that was out there. I hadn't heard of Orgasmic Birth at the time. But now I do, and I I tried to get everything that I could. I was really so curious and interested in it. And I watched lots of videos online of positive births and also of how, you know, some hospital systems work around birth. And that all kind of confirmed for me how I wanted my birth, that for me, I really wanted to treat this as this yeah, magical, sacred happening for me in my life. And it was clear that I wouldn't want to have any interruption in this holy realm that I was going to create. So it was, yeah, it was clear for us, my husband and me, there was no doubt that, you know, the home birth setting would be perfect for us. And yeah, lots of different classes as well. Fantastic. So take us to the actual, like, <laughs> timing of labor beginning and how you knew this was labor and what were you and you know your partner doing yeah so it's you know the due date how it's called I tried to not focus too much on this one day it's just more like in the area I knew that things were going to be sort of starting as I had mucus showing and I got very excited because I was so excited for this I really wanted this experience so I tried to calm myself down and not, you know, think that, yeah, it's going to start tomorrow, but just take it easy and, yeah, just went on with sort of sort of things. And I've seen, we lived in a rural area at the time on quite a big garden with a sheep paddock next to us. And I remember watching this birth of this beautiful baby lamb and it was a breech birth, which I, you know, at the time did wow. not my son was presenting in the breech position, but this was so beautiful and I watched it and I get goosebumps thinking back on it now because in a way it felt nature showing me that, you know, birth is beautiful and then I'm quite creative. So I like doing lots of, you know, different projects and I had this feeling of oh, I need to do something. I need to get active and creative. So I sit and we had fire going and I sat in front of a mirror and I drew this big mandala on my belly with henna paste that, you know, I used to do many times on hands and different parts of my body. So I painted this big mandala picture and when I finished it, I didn't want to rub it off. You know how usually henna has to sit for a while, but it was in the evening and I was sort of starting to get tired and I just left it on. And I remember that this was me then feeling, I'm ready now. I needed this like last sort of blink of, yes, now is the time for birth to start. Now, now this can happen. And I went back to school, went to sleep and woke up a few times at night and had, you know, those mild feelings of, hmm, something changes, something's different. And managed to keep, you know, going back to sleep every now and then, which was good because I knew I needed energy. And then I, yeah, woke up in the morning and needed to go to the bathroom and boom, my water broke. So amazing. Yeah. 
Oh my that God. is amazing. And what did it, did you hear it? Like, did you feel it? What was, because people often wonder, right? And the term break sometimes makes people feel like, is it painful or what was it like? I just went up and I was like, whoops, something's hit me. It wasn't a breaking like a glass shattering or something. It was just like a plump. And I just felt like, am I peeing myself right now? And then I felt, oh no, this is not pee. And I had to realize, oh, well, this is actually something different. And I remember in the classes and with my midwife, they always, you know, they told us, you know, look at the color of it, see how it looks, see how it smells. And yeah, definitely confirmed it was not pee. And it looked perfect. It was nice and clear because, you know, that's what you're looking out for, that the water is actually nice and fluid and clear, like, like water. And so, yeah, that, that was the case. And then I called my midwife just to inform her what had happened. And then we just, you know, I had a chat on, I hadn't, haven't had any contractions at that time. So the rushes were there really. But then we just, you know, I talked about how we're going to do things. And we agreed that I would just go on with my morning, have some breakfast, have something to eat, maybe set up the room where we were planning on having the birth and then call her back if, you know, things started to progress. So that's what we did. We set up our room. We set up our space. It was the living room. We had a beautiful fire on. It was in the morning. It was cold at the time in New Zealand because it was sort of just at the beginning of spring, like early, early springtime. And yeah, had water, had something to drink, had some breakfast, had the music going. That was something that's really important to me, having the environment that I felt comfortable in. So we did all of that. And then, yeah, things progressed quite quickly and I called her back and I worked through a few of my Russians while I was on the phone with her and she was like okay I think I'm gonna come because she could just hear you know knowing me like because I've had uh, all my maternity care with her and she knew me and that that was also something that felt so important to me having someone supporting me throughout this this journey that knew me and that I already had a connection with. And yeah, then things kept on progressing quite quickly, which was a bit of a surprise to me because I kind of expected, you know, being the first time in labor that the early labor stage is probably going to take a few, a couple good hours. So I was kind of like, oh, wow, this is happening quite quickly. We think is the contractions, the rushes really started to pick up quite quickly in, in pace and in intensity. What were you doing? How did you manage them? How did you feel that they were most comfortable? I gave myself a few options. So I had a birth ball with it, but that was, that didn't work at all for me. So I was like, okay, I don't want this. I thought this was going to be great, but no, this is not me. And then I just in and up on all fours, really. I was sometimes leaning onto the couch, being on my knees, but most of the time, really, I went through cat-cow position that, you know, many of us know from yoga, and that was my go-to, really, and I remember having these, this movement almost of like a figure eight going through me, and I had, I really like long necklaces, I've got one on today, and this long necklace that I had at the time, it had, it wasn't this one, it had a, a ball hanging on it, um, a rose quartz ball. And when I was moving through this cat and cow position, this ball kept like moving around and it was completely not intentional, but I just kept on focusing on this ball and I completely hypnotized myself with it. 
I didn't feel anything around me anymore. I was completely in this birthing realm, I guess. Yes. Yes. That's beautiful. I love how that just happened for you too. Because when we're really in birth, right, we have to go inward. We go to that, some places say, right, we leave and go to labor land. Or I know I work in Bali a lot and they say they go to spirit world to bring the baby spirit earth side. So knowing that you just naturally moved your body, I can feel those figure eights. And then, yeah. And then having that rose quartz to just really take you inward. So what was your partner doing at this point? He was so busy. <laughs> we so busy setting up the boothing book. Because, <laughs> you know, New Zealand, we were living in this farmhouse kind of situation. It was nothing fancy. And we had a really small water cylinder. So... You know, the birthing pool just being full a few centimeters, he had to get all the pots out that we had and boil them and jack them. So he was quite, you know, going for that, having to set everything up. But I was quite happy being there by myself at that moment. I really didn't feel like I needed anyone. I just, like I just said, I had this hypnotizing state. So anyone coming into that actually would have pulled me out. So, you know, in a way that all worked and linked in perfectly because at that time, I was doing really well by myself and that's also, I didn't notice the midwives coming to our house. I was so working on it that I didn't even, I didn't even notice they were here. I just had been one, you know, a bit of a longer break and they just came and just sort of gently tapped on my shoulder saying, we're here now. We're just, you know, going to hover around you. They were helping my husband with the pool and that's just how things kept on going for a while, I think. How nice. I can really feel it, like the fire going and the classic thing of boiling water, right? He really was boiling a lot of water for the tub. And how wonderful that your midwives came in and knew not to disturb, right? To just gently ease in. So what happened next? Where was there a shift? So it picked up. And so this was you know, my water broke around 6.30, midwives came around around 10 o'clock. And then I had the student midwife, which was kind of like, I guess, doing the job of a doula in a way, really. And she did those beautiful hot towels for me, which I remember were like heaven. They were super steaming, steaming hot. And she wrapped them around my back and around my abdomen and that just felt like heaven. And I think we kept that for about an hour or an hour and a half, just she, her and me doing that and keep just kept on going with the movement, with the towels. And then when the pool was ready around sort of lunchtime, 12 o'clock, I, I stepped in and I was like, oh, yes, finally I can get my body completely wrapped around in this, you know, hot water. And it didn't take long, though, that I felt super exhausted being in the pool, which I didn't really expect. I thought that this was going to be heaven for me because the hot pounds were already so great. So I was kind of down a little bit in that moment then, and I was just completely exhausted at just all of a sudden, really. And then my husband stepped in and brought me those those popsicles that I've made with banana and all sorts of other, you know, energy boost things. And I just ended up having to get some energy into my body because I have already worked on 
on working through my rushes and that, you know, being in a quite short amount of time, which took immense energy of me. So refueled my body and then felt better and was able to move again through the rushes, giving exact directions to my husband, what I wanted and what I not wanted. Again, I knew I haven't had any clue that this was something that I wanted, but then in the break of the rush, I needed ice cold towels on my forehead and on my on my back, on, on my neck. And then throughout the rushes, I really needed him to squeeze my hips and just really hold me. And yeah, that again kept on going for a while where till we came to this kind of tipping point where again, I felt something is shifting. Something is changing here. And I couldn't really point my finger to what it was. And like looking back now, I can obviously understand what it was because it ended up that my son presenting in the bridge position, which at that time was not clear, started to really move down. And we had some meconium showing in the water. Meconium, just for some people who might not know, is like that first poop that babies do after they're born. And it's usually something that's happening after they're born, but not in the process of being born. And so my midwives knew that, you know, there are a few options why this would be the case now that there's meconium showing. So one of them being the baby being really in a stressed out position, not doing well. And one of the other options being presenting in this uh, breech position with the buttocks down, legs up and the head being at the top which then just means that, you know, that mechanic of the baby moving down is kind of getting the bowel movement going of it and really just mechanically pushing that poop out. And so this was the first time where she recommended that we would do a vaginal exam to confirm what's, what's going on and what's happening. And yeah, so we did that. And obviously this kind of was the point where there was a bit of fear coming in, but it wasn't in a state where anyone was hysterical or frightened. It was still just in a really calm way and it was okay. It was okay. I wasn't scared. My husband wasn't scared. It was just something that, you know, this is something that we have to deal with now. And, you know, being at home, my midwife then recommended that it would be a good idea to transfer to the hospital. Just because of being in the breech position, there would be a few things that, you know, could happen. So it might be good to have a few options just on hand, which we obviously wouldn't have had being at home. And I remember that I agreed on it, but inside, like unconsciously, I already knew that this was not going to be my way. <laughs> I sort of, yeah, I said, yes, this is what my, my rational brain said. Yes, this is something that we should be doing now but unconsciously I already like knew that this is not going to be something that I want I remember stepping out of the birthing pool and just telling myself I can do this I can do this I can do this and I kept telling me this affirmation this phrase and it really reassured me we've said we'll wait till the ambulance is here and then we see what's going on what's happening and I think that kind of pushed me to that confidence that, you know, I'm going to really, you know, this is, this is going to be my journey and I will be having this baby at home. So I'm going to try and keep labor progressing really well. Um, 
So then we ended up having the ambulance at the house, but kind of not needing them because the birth was progressing so well that my midwife kind of had to weigh out the option of potentially having a breech birth in an ambulance car on the side of the road or having a breech birth at home where, you know, we were safe. We knew what, you know, the options that we had. So we kind of weighed those options out and decided to go with the home birth. How wonderful. And yet you had the ambulance there, like you really put together the team and you really had that inner sense. It's so wonderful to hear that you kept that confidence and that connection to your body and your baby. So once you said, okay, we're staying here, what happened? Yeah. So we've had the ambulance just sitting on the couch next to us. They would yeah, for, you know, oxygen and in case anything, you know, in case we needed it. But they just sat down and were just kind of, you know, watching but not really being present. I didn't even, again, notice that they were there. And for the birth itself, like for that last stage of labor, my midwife really communicated with me and she she had some experience with breech-presenting babies So she told me, Lisa, this is going to be something you need to really focus on when I'm telling you to change in a position that you need to work with me because I'm going to keep my hands completely off you. I am not going to touch you and I am not going to touch the baby because you will know what to do and your baby will know what to do. And I trust in you and I trust in your ability to give birth to your baby like that. And that just boosted me so much. So I was still then going back on my favorite position, which I kind of was throughout the whole labor being in this pet cow position. I remember almost feeling, you know, I actually had a, visually a cow in front of me because I was also doing those really deep grunting cow like noises almost. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I just worked through again these movements with my body And then when it was the time that it came to the pushing phase, my midwife and my husband helped me come into a more upright position. So I was at the time leaning down and then they helped me come up, not completely standing yet, but just sort of coming up with my body so that we could use gravity in the pushing phase. And then I think like one step at the time, they kind of helped me come up more and more. And when the big like the pushing really started. It was really short. It was only four minutes of proper pushing. Um, Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's super short. It's super short. It was super, super duper short. It didn't take long at all. So I was really holding on to my husband. I think I must have left some, you know, blemishes on his shoulders and on his arms because I was squeezing him so tight, doing those really grunting noises. And I felt this first relief almost and that's when my son's testes were showing up first (laughs) and then the buttocks the buttocks moving down and then we had this like flap flap of the leg one leg and then the other leg coming down and I remember looking through my legs and watching it completely like actually seeing it and watching how he was then moving with the whole torso down and then I, I don't remember it was it was I think even in one push that he then shimmied one shoulder down and then he shimmied the other shoulder down, and then he was with his whole body out, only the heat being still inside. And 
then I, I had a bit of a break. And my midwife already said that this is quite normal, that there probably is going to be a short break of a rush. And so I was nervous. And she said, this is amazing. You're doing so well. The baby knows exactly what he has to do. This is his normal way of being born. And so, yeah, we just waited. I had a few breaths. And then I remember I must have almost broken an arm of my husband because it was I was squeezing him like crazy. And my baby was born in this really, you know, calm, peaceful way. It was incredible. He had a tiny little bit of help from the ambulance with some oxygen just to help him to get, you know, get kind of started. And then I was sitting back and he was handed onto my chest. And I remember just being completely overwhelmed of, you know, this just happened so, so easily, so peacefully. In, in such a short amount of time as well. Yes. Great. <laughs> so beautiful. And to know like that you were so blessed with a midwife that had this experience that instilled that confidence in you, but that you and your partner had really prepared and had the confidence and you were doing exactly what your body and your baby needed. I mean, I can just, I'm sure listeners, right? I'm sure you join me. We can picture kind of the whole thing in our mind's eye and how beautiful. And once you kind of laid back and had your baby on you and you realized you just gave birth to your baby breach at home, what were some of your first thoughts? I was completely shook. I couldn't grasp anything really. I was so overwhelmed. I was like, Wow, crazy, we just did this, but I couldn't really couldn't really picture it at the time. I was completely blown away. But I was at the time I was still so relaxed and I was I remember laughing and then crying at the same time. And it was just all of these emotions coming out and I felt so proud of myself and of everything, you know, that everyone else also kept so calm. The whole team being so in tune with the atmosphere and with us and it was beautiful we've had the most amazing time to get started as a family there was no rush with anything I was just laying on the couch really relaxed like I'm right now I had my baby on me and we had this beautiful time no one was interrupting us everyone really kept to themselves and gave us our way to you know have our first moments together and have our bonding time. And yeah, my baby started to latch on and we had the first breastfeeding experience, which was something that was really important to me, the breastfeeding. And everything just worked. It just flowed. It was beautiful. It was perfect. Yeah. And I'm glad you said you're proud too, because it's so wonderful when you can take in, like, you did it, right? And you prepared for a long time, and I'm glad you feel proud. I'm proud of you for you and your partner and your team to have come together and to create such a peaceful, gentle, beautiful birth, you know? So I know for people that are listening, they're probably like mouse open, you know, like, wow, like so beautiful to hear your words and to know that, you know, birth happens and babies and 
mothers and partners and teams come together and really can hold that space for the miracle and the magic of birth. But what would you say to someone out there that's preparing for birth? What would be your kind of words of wisdom as people are saying, I don't know, I'm pregnant and it's so overwhelming when you start to think about preparing for a birth. Oh, absolutely. And because you can get so lost in it. But I think the, one of the main things that helped me in the moment, it was to, to tune into my body and to getting to know my body, experiencing, trying out different things, doing yoga classes, doing meditation, all of these kind of things to really help tune into my body, doing, you know, free movement, dancing, all of those things, everything that brings you into the body and into the moment of, of enjoying yourself and of trusting in the movement that you're doing. I think this would probably be one of the most important things that definitely was for me something to to tune into and to experience, you know, to have those experiences while you're pregnant. Because we've got this beautiful muscle memory in our bodies that, you know, when we're feeling joy and when we've experienced something, it is way easier unconsciously to get that back in the moment when you need it. So yeah, having fun moving while you're pregnant would be probably one of the biggest things I would say. That's so beautiful. And you know, I'm just thinking as you're talking about this and coming back to the memory of joy and that, that we never heard you say pain or that. Would you describe labor as painful or what would be the word that you would describe what you were feeling? Yeah, it wasn't painful for me. It felt right. extremely intense. Like it was intense. It was super intense, but I don't remember it as being a pain that I couldn't deal with. It was definitely intense, but I had those tools to guide me through it and to help me through it. And all those natural processes, you know, they helped my natural regulation of my hormones. You know, I was, I didn't need an epidural because I, I had my hormones just balancing everything out beautifully. I had my hot towels. I forgot to mention so far. I've also had an amethyst with me. Oh, beautiful. No, I had those big, you know, those big amethyst things the coming crystals, in. right? The crystals, and they were putting like acupressure on my hands. So I was leaning onto this while having a rush and, you know, all those kind of things just helped me work through it so it actually didn't feel painful in the moment yeah thank you for sharing that and that amethyst is beautiful what a nice way you know sometimes people talk about putting combs yeah. to give the pressure but that's a really nice one for those jump over to youtube if you're listening to see the amethyst because that's a beautiful idea as well well you given people and myself so much wisdom and tips and just I can feel my own oxytocin bubbling from hearing your story and feeling our connection and feeling your power that you had in birth. So I know many people are going to want to find you and follow you and, and join you. Can you share where people can find you on social or website? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, like I said in the beginning, trained up as a doula and a pregnancy yoga teacher. So I'm offering doula services. 
I've got my brand called Aruha Begleitung. Aruha meaning love in the language of the New Zealand people, Te Reru Māori. And so like it translates into connecting and joining you in your pregnancy with love, kind of. So you'll find me at on Instagram. And I've also got a, a homepage, Aroha Dash Begleitung. You probably should look into the notes for the spelling of yes. this. <laughs> Definitely look below in show notes on that. Right, try notes for the spelling of this. And yeah, there you will find all of the information, all of the courses that I do. Like you mentioned earlier already, I also do workshops that I call Talk to Your Pussy because this is also something that is very dear to me to for women to connect up with their pleasure, with their energy, with their sexuality. And so I do workshops with that, do my my weekly yoga classes. And yeah, everything is online, really. Uh, Thank you so much, Lisa. It has been truly a pleasure and a real honor listening to your story and also knowing all that you're offering in the world. So thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Thank you so much, Deborah. It's so much fun doing this with you. (laughs) And thank you to all that are joining us listening. And we love to hear from you. We love to know you're out there and what your favorite part was, or maybe you have a question or a comment. So please tag both of us. We always love your input. And we thank you for joining us. And we hope you'll join us for the next episode of the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. Everyone, do a pleasure today. We hope you're living a life of pleasure because that helps you birth in pleasure. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about pleasure in birth parenting and birth work, visit orgasmicbirth.com forward slash more for my free gifts. And please leave a review about your experience. Reviews help us to reach more people and please subscribe. Subscribe.